um, I remembered when I gave my life to the Lord and I'm coming out of the party scene and I had a one-on-one -on -one with the Lord and I asked him, Lord, what kind of music will I listen to? Because you know I used to dance to my own tune. And it's the first time ever I heard this song. When I call on Jesus, Sister Yasmin, beautifully done. When we call on Jesus, all things, not some things, but all things are possible. My Redeemer lives. You know, um, when we call on Jesus. I want to thank our pastor for giving me this opportunity this afternoon. I want to thank our head elder and the bodies of elders. And I want to thank you our Garland Faith family, for giving, not just me, but giving us the elders, because sometimes our pastor also need a little rest. Thank you very much. Our sermon this morning is entitled, Project Restore. Project Restore, and it will be taken from the book of Nehemiah, between chapters 1 and 6, between chapters 1 and 6. I like that, I hear the pages ruffling. Thank you. Some years ago, Sister Yasmin, her brother Elijah, and Brother Brighton, they approached me one Sabbath morning and they said, Elder, we want to do something. Yes, we are participating in, you know, in small things. We want to do something. And I asked, what do you guys want to do? And they say, we want to do outreach. We want to take the church outside. So we spoke. I listened. And I brought it to the bodies of elders and the pastor. And they were given the green light. I told them, a budget will have to be put together. They say, no. They're going to fund this out of their pockets. Now, when young people want to spend their own money, young people, money, want to spend their own money, then it's time to take heed. And they started. They say, Elder, we're going to call our ministry, we're going to title it Project Restore. Sister Yasmin is now a mother and a wife. Every Sabbath morning you could find Project Restore. Down in Centerville and, what's that, George Bush or 635? George? 635. It doesn't matter how bad the weather got. Project Restore was out there, touching lives, making a difference. When the homeless were forced off the streets and they were forced into the woods, the literal woods, they were out there every Sabbath morning. Some morning you could find Sister Hilton out there Project Restore was happening. But you know, sometimes churches like politics. You change the leader, and everything goes. And it affected our young adults. Affected our young adults. 
And many of them, the majority of them are not here today. We need to bring Project Restore back. A church without young people is a dying church. Let's recruit Project Restore. Let's bring our young people back. Nehemiah was in Babylon. And Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 1. It tells who Nehemiah was. The word of Nehemiah, the son of Hachalai. It came to pass in the month of Chevez, the twelfth year as I was in Shushan, the citadel, that Hanai, one of my brethren, came with men from Judah and asked them according to the Jews who have escaped, who had survived the captivity and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are all in great distress and reproach. So here men came to Babylon and Nehemiah inquired from them what's going on in Babylon, what's going on back home. And they said, we are in the, the, those who were left behind, those who survived the captivity. Because we know Nebuchadnezzar went in. And it wasn't the wrath of Nebuchadnezzar that had destroyed Judah. It was the wrath of God through Nebuchadnezzar. You see, Judah had turned away from God. Judah had taken up Apostasy, they had taken up idolatry. Judah, the son of God, found another God. And God was not pleased. And God sent warning after warning after warning, like God is sending warning after warning after warning today. But Judah went on its own way, doing its own thing. You know, God is a merciful God. God is a God of love, but God is a judge. And wickedness cannot go on forever. So God sent Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar didn't spare anything or anyone. Nebuchadnezzar made sure when he left Babylon, um, Judah, it was in disrepair. The people who survived were exposed to the surrounding danger. I don't know about you, but where I'm from, if you were protected and you lose your protection, those who always want to get at you will come at you. Judah, the son of God, was highly protected. And the enemies felt the wrath of God when they went against God's people. And now they were in disrepair. So the enemy of Judah wasted no time. But here was Nehemiah. Nehemiah was the cupbearer. For the king. Nehemiah was enjoying a good life in Babylon. But his heart was home. A lot of us are enjoying a good life in Babylon. Where is home? Where is home? He had everything in Babylon. But he wanted to know what was taking place at home. At least once a week, I call my brother in Jamaica. Because I want to know what's going on with him 
and I want to know what's going on at home. It's very important to know what's going on at home. Even though I'm in a foreign country, I still want to know what's going on back home. Even though I'm in the most beautiful country on the face of the earth, God bless America. Can I get an amen? amen? God bless America. Amen. I'm an immigrant and I'm not the only one. Because God bless America. But I'm still interested in what's going on at home. I'm still interested in what's going on with my family back there. The word that Nehemiah got was not pleasing. And he was in distress. A lot of times when things are good for us, we are not concerned about others anymore. Even those who we used to be caught up with, when things get better for us, we forget them. Not Nehemiah. Today, I hope we can learn something from this man. Verse 4. So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. And Nehemiah prayed. He wept, but he didn't stay there weeping. Faith without action is dead. Nehemiah got up and Nehemiah prayed. And this is Nehemiah's prayer. And I said, I pray, Lord God of heaven, O great and awesome and mercy, forgive me, O great and awesome God, you whom keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you and deserve you, deserve your commandment, Please let your ears be attentive and your eyes open, that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now, day and night. When? Day and night. He didn't just pray and leave it there. He was continuously praying day and night. For the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we both have sinned against you. Both my father's house and I have sinned. He took the issue to God. He took the issue to God before he did anything else. A lot of times when we are faced with the issues, we try to seek it out ourselves. And when it doesn't fail, then we go and antagonize God. In other words, we put the cart before the horse. You're not going to get a good ride. We move over to chapter 2. And this book of Nehemiah, whenever you have the time, please read it. When you're driving down the street, you can um, YouTube it. It's a very powerful book. Verse, chapter 2, verse 1. And it came to pass in the month of Ninsan, in the 20th year of King, I never could call his name, Artaxerxes, when wine was before him, and I took the wine and I gave it to the king. No, I had never, no, I had never been sad in the presence of the king. So here he was, the cupbearer of the king, and this was a big position. This was big position back then. But he had a sad countenance. In the palace, you can never have a sad countenance. 
The king's life is ever in danger. The cupbearer is the most important person to the king. He's the one who tastes everything that the king will eat and drink. If he have a sad face, his life will be in danger. Because if it's even the queen who poisoned the king, he's the one who will be executed. If you had a sad countenance, then you know something. So the king asked him, why are you sad? Why are you sad? He had everything. There was no reason for him to be sad. Why are you sad today? You're living in America. You're living in the land of the free. 42 didn't go out on you the other night. Why are you sad? Therefore the king said to me, why is your face sad, since you are not sick? This is nothing but sorrow of heart. So I became dreadfully afraid. Verse 4. Then the king said to me, what do you request? So I prayed to the God of heaven. See, the king is now asking him, what do you request? He didn't just tell the king. He knew what he wanted. He knew what he wanted, but he didn't. He went to the Lord. He consulted with the Lord before he made his demand, his request known. This is one more leadership skill. If we're ever going to be a good leader, consult the Lord. This is one of his strong skills of being a leader. Everything he took to the Lord. This right here brings us back to Daniel. And this is why Daniel was having a problem with the 2300 days prophecy because this prophecy was about to be fulfilled the return of the children of judah to jerusalem this is the beginning when the king gave the declaration for him to go back to rebuild jerusalem but this was not the king's this was God. This was the act of God, not the king. The king just found favor in the eyes of God. Can God find favor in our eyes? Can we find favor, rather, in God's eyes today? God sent him back. God trust Nehemiah. And God sent him back to do three things. The wall. The wall is to be rebuilt. The temple is to be rebuilt. And because it was a remnant who was willing to go back, because the rest of the people, they were contempt in the idolatrous life that they were living in Babylon. It's only a remnant chose to go back. So when the remnant go back, God was also asking them to reproduce. The temple was to be rebuilt. But before the temple could be rebuilt, the wall will have to be rebuilt first. You see, God is trying to build a wall around his people so he can protect his people. We need to be building a wall with God with our personal lives. And when we build that wall, there are certain things that are not supposed to be within the perimeter of that wall. 
You cannot build a wall and have inside the wall the things that were supposed to be outside the wall. That's dangerous. So here Nehemiah is going back to Judah. Nehemiah had a mission. And the mission was to rebuild the wall. The objective was to build the wall. However, it was God who was going to rebuild these walls of Judah. You see, I won't be able to go through the entire, but as you read in your spare time, before he leaves, he asks for letters. He needed some letters because he was going to cross some terrain. He asked for these letters so he could have safe passage. He also asked of the king so he could have timber from the forest of the king. Nehemiah didn't have any of the resources that he would need to rebuild. But by faith, he stepped out. Some of us are stuck in some jobs that we want to get out of. And we keep praying, 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 praying. But we're still in them. We aren't stepping out. Some of us are in some relationship that we know we shouldn't be in. But we are still in them. But yet we are praying to the Lord. The walls must be rebuilt. He went, and when he got to Judah, what he saw was discouraging. There was nothing there. He found more resistance there than the resources. He came up, uh, verse 10, of chapter 2. We have the introduction of the enemies of Nehemiah. Sambalat and Tobiah. These two men did everything they possibly could to make life hard for Nehemiah and the children of Israel trying to rebuild this wall. You see, a lot of times we have plans. A lot of times we want to do things. And before we encounter that relationship with God, before we take it to God, we start telling people what we're going to do. A lot of people don't want to hear what you're going to do. A lot of people don't want you to move from where you are. Some of us need a new address. The remnant needed a new address. They didn't want to stay in Babylon. They wanted to go home, and they would go home and help Nehemiah with whatever they could. I was just a young man. When my dad called me one night and he said, listen, I need you to finish my house. There was a lot of things going on between in the family. And my dad said, go finish the house. I know my life was never going to be the same again. You see, my dad had already given a contractor almost all the money to build the house. And he died. He died. My dad and I went to the lawyer to see if he could recuperate a little of the money. And the lawyer went into his vault and he came out with a big stock. With all the receipts that from the finances that my daddy gave to this contractor. He said, Mr. Salmon, I knew about you before I met you. 
What he said, Mr. Salmon, like always, the little man never usually get anything when this happened. The bank came in and the bank took everything. And I listen to those words playing in my mind as I grow. The little man never usually get anything. So when I saw my dad put himself together again, because I asked him, what you going to do now? And he said, before father, which is God, close my eyes. I'm going to make sure I build you guys a home that if anything happens to me. See, we were living in the family house. But we are the ones who lived in the family house because the family lives here in the States. And there were times when the family came and it was unpleasant. They would treat us like... It came to a time, at one time, my uncle and his family came. And when I saw what was happening in our home... And I'm not a bad person. I had to tell my uncle, it's time for you and your family to leave. Go to the travel service and get yourself a ticket change. Leave, because it's going to get ugly for you. So when my dad called me and said, son, go build my house, I know I was going to be in a lot of discomfort, but I'm going to go build that house. Like Nehemiah, when God called him and told him, go build the wall and rebuild my house, I stepped forward. Things changed with my stepmom and me. My stepmom became like Sambalet, and my little sister became like. I saw my dad when everything was complete and it was now time to asphalt around the house. So when you come in the house, you could drive right around. And I saw a contractor, and the work that he was doing was very good. And I asked him to come and measure up and give me a price. He came, he measured up, and he gave me a price. But I was not comfortable with the price that he gave me. So I asked him, can you please have me call someone else, another contractor that I know, and you guys can measure it together. The other contractor came, and they measured it together. The price was outrageous, but I would work with the price. You see, the price he was giving me, I did, even though I didn't do that kind of work, I know it couldn't be right. It couldn't be right. I didn't want when, when, when the job started, he's going to call me and say, well, because of this, the, 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 I had given you, I had underpriced the job. I'm in need. I didn't want that. So when the high price came, I worked with it. While they were there, they broke down some walls. He broke down some walls and I had a discussion with him. I called the guy in who had built the wall and I leave them. I say, you guys work this out and everything. Let me know what's going on. You see, sometimes in life, we employ people. We employ people sometimes in life and when they come in our lives, they make our lives a living hell. Nehemiah did not do that. Nehemiah went out at night to assess the damage that was done to the wall to see how he could get the wall rebuilt. I had to go up when I went to get the stones to build those walls. And the, the, the stones are marble. When I went in my, in my, in my city, when I went to the guy who, that's what he does. He didn't have any stone. And he sent me, he said, tell this man that I sent you. And when I went, I had to charter a truck. And when I went to get the material, and I came back and they built the walls. The walls that were broken down. And I told the guy, fix the wall and I'll repay you. 
After a while, he called me and he said, listen, I had to hold back enough money. The money that I had paid for that part of the wall, I held that money back. I paid him all his money and I held that back. I said, whenever you're finished, come get your money. He called me one evening and he said, listen, I'm not going to build the wall back, but I want my money. And he hung the phone up. I was at work. And my manager, she called me. She said, there are two guys out here looking for you. We know each other for a very long time. She said, something is not right, and I'm going to call the police. I asked her, for what? She said, these are not your kind of people. I told her no. I went out. I went out, and it was the guy with a very big guy. He said, I'm here for my money. I said, I don't owe you no money. The big guy said, listen, we are here for the money and no more long argument. I said, I don't know you, but you let him put you in danger. You see, when we decide to walk the path, the devil will never leave us alone. When you become a Christian and you live in that smooth life and you, you, you're walking on silk roads, you're in danger. He said, I'm here for the money and if we don't get the money, what is going to happen? I told him, one of you not coming out of here today. Choose which one. You see, because he was big and tall and thick, he thought I would probably be afraid of him. See, I look him in the eyes and he looked away. Out of war, never look away from your enemy. I told him I have no money. I let him know I don't have any dealing with you. I don't hold you anything. And as for this man, let him tell you what happened. They left. About an hour, the big guy came back. You see, when they were there, I had my weapon. When I told him one of them not coming out, they should choose. I had my weapon. But you see, it was the act of the devil. Because he didn't want me to be here today. He couldn't see the future. But he knows that I was making moves and he was trying to apprehend me. Nehemiah was making moves for the Lord and the devil sent these two men. These two men spread rumors on Nehemiah. That Nehemiah was trying to rebuild the wall so they could come and attack the other nations. They stirred up the kings of the other nations so they could come and attack Nehemiah and the builders. It reached to the point where Nehemiah had to have soldiers, armed soldiers. Brothers and sisters, we are in a war. We are in spiritual warfare and we must be armed. We must be armed. The physical warfare that was taking place there, Nehemiah had to have armed soldiers there. There were soldiers, while they were moving things around, they had their weapon. We must be armed today in the spiritual warfare. If we are get caught, if we get caught out there, without our weapon, we will be destroyed. We will be destroyed. God wants to build a wall around his people to protect his people. 
without the rebuilding of this wall, the children of Judah will never have an identity. The wall serves as a protective force. And it also gives identity to whom live behind the walls. Everywhere I go, there was someone telling me, whatever happened to you on that dude, however, how much, however much you owe him, pay him. He's a terrible obia man. I'm at my house, I'm at my home, and family members came there. I saw you today out in the town, and you were being pointed out. Pay him, okay, he's a terrible obia man. He called up my house one night and he said, I'm gonna let you crawl and your hands on your knees like a dog. Everywhere I go, at one point I was wondering, is this dude paying people to tell me this? Is, 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 he, is he just trying to intimidate me or what? What was going on here? It's the same thing Nehemiah was going through. Intimidation on every side. But Nehemiah stood tall. Nehemiah stood strong. Because Nehemiah was standing with the Lord. When you have a good leader. Who is following the leadership of God. Every and anything that they set out to do. They will accomplish. When you follow the leadership of Jesus Christ, there is nothing that you can do. The song says, when I call on Jesus. For weeks this has been going on. For months this has been going on. Every evening when I gone home, there was another thing happening in the home. My little sister was just yap, 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 yapping. They thought the bastard child was going to take away from them. They didn't know the bastard child was here to save them. Don't let nobody put nothing on you. We are the approval and the stamp of Jesus Christ. When I couldn't take it anymore, when it got to me, it got to me now, I, I couldn't take it anymore. After my friends visited, and I don't have the nice friends that you have, and after I told my friends, no, 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 he be I, forget about him. I went down on my knees. I went down on my knees when, when the pressure from this dude and the pressure from inside my home got to me. I went on my knees. I didn't worry with all the... I went straight to the point. I said, Lord, I am afraid. I said, Lord, I don't want to walk on my hands on my knees. I said, Lord, I don't want to do anything foolish. I begged the Lord, save me. And I let it all go. Then I reasoned with myself. I reasoned and I reasoned and I reasoned with myself. And I say, you know what? It's just money. It's just money. And I came to a conclusion. I'm not giving him the money. <laughs> I'm not giving him the money. I could have taken him earlier. When he gave me the price that I know could not be right. When we signed that contract, he would have to deliver. But it's not now me. 
I took him for the high price. I gave him the job at the high price because all I needed was the job to be completed. Nehemiah did not have anything to work with. Nehemiah didn't even have people to work with. But because he trusted in God and because of the leader that he was, everybody came to help Nehemiah. There was one point when the wall was being erected and they were being attacked and he had to let them know, whenever you hear the blowing of the trumpet, take up your arms and come. I was getting ready to come to the States. And one Sunday morning, my phone rang. I answered. And the person on the other side of the phone said, your friend is dead. And I say, what friend? Because if any of my friend died, this wouldn't be the person to call me to tell me my friend died or any of my friends had died. So I asked, what friend? He said, Obiaman. The amount of stress that this guy put me through, I didn't feel, honestly, I didn't feel any way about what had happened. I paid the price for nothing. But I asked, what happened? He said they just fished him out of his tank. His wife said he got up out of bed before sunrise, said he was going to get water at the tank. He never came back in the house. When you call on Jesus, all things are possible. All things are possible when you call on Jesus. Nobody for me did this guy nothing. Let's get that clear. Nobody, but because of his evil ways. Because that's what he was caught up in. He was caught up in voodoo and all of these things. When we build walls, when we build our walls, and Jesus is not in the building of the wall, then whatever we bring on the inside of the wall, he might not be in there either. But when he builds the wall, we will be mindful of everything that comes within the wall. Jesus wants to be in the walls of our lives today. Jesus wants to help us to reconstruct the walls of our lives. Because some of us, like myself, is broken down. Life has beaten some of us. Life has taken its toll. Nature has taken its toll. And some of us, family and relationships and finances and COVID and everything after have taken its course in some of us. But don't lose hope. Because the builder who laid the foundation of the earth wants to reconstruct us. There is none exempt. Because when you call and Jesus, you will be a part of Project Restore. All of us this morning are to want to be a part of Project Restore. Garland, we need to get our young people back so we can have them, so we can start our Project Restore. We are bombarded on our side. The enemy of man. 
The enemy of God is let loose. How will you stand in that great day? How will you stand? How will I stand? How will we stand? Will we even be standing? Look around. Look around. Look around. Jesus is coming very, very soon. Whether or not we want to believe it. Jesus is coming very, very soon. The gospel has been preached to the entire world. The gospel has been preached where man could not go. Shortwave radio has gone there. In places where men used to be afraid to go, men has gone in there. The gospel has reached the entire world. Jesus is coming. How will you stand when the books are being opened in closing? We were home last Sabbath when my phone rang. And whomever call my phone, if your name and number is in it, then I'll know who's calling. And it was one of my co-worker, Jacob. At first, I didn't answer because I thought, well, probably it was a misdial or something. Because none of my co-worker ever called me. Then my wife said, babes, answer the phone. Suppose it's something with his baby. Because if anything happens to his family, I'm the first person, if not the only person, he will call. I answered the phone and Jacob said, are you guys okay? I paused a bit. And I know, you know, the weather was out there. I was wondering, is there a tornado around here? Because everybody knows that I'm afraid of tornado. He said, no, there was a shooting at the Allen Mall. And I know you guys live in Allen. We live about 10 minutes from that mall. If that shooting had taken place other than a Sabbath, I could have been one of the victims. I could have been one of the victims. I gone there last Sunday afternoon to lay a flower. Everyone who went to that mall last week were expecting to go home. There's a little boy out there somewhere. He went with his mom, his dad, and his baby sister. He's the only one alive today. What will happen when we go through these doors today? What will happen in the next minute? If you are here today and you haven't given your life to the Lord as yet, you, you've been thinking about it, you, you, you've been wanting to do it. At some point or another, you and the Lord had a relationship, but something along the way might have happened. The Lord want to reconstruct you. The Lord wants to make you a part of Project Restore. On the 20th of this month will be a baptism. But we don't just baptize you because you want to baptize. 
We have the classes where even our pastor himself will conduct with you. If you are here today, if you are here today, and some point in the near future, because Jesus is coming soon, if you walk out these doors today and you die, it's over. Give your heart to him today. It's the greatest gift you could ever give yourself. I used to run the streets. I know the streets. When I was leaving the streets, they were bad. I can't even describe them now. If you would like to give your heart to the Lord today, if you're here and you heard something out of God's word today, stand with me, please. Don't be afraid. Don't look behind you. Don't, don't look behind you. Don't look behind you. Amen. If you once walk with the Lord, And your walls have been broken down. And you would like them to be refixed. If you would like to have the real contractor reconstructing, please stand with me today. Father, Lord, O oh God, your people, us, your people, are in need of you, Lord. Father, we're in need. We're in need of your forgiveness, O oh God. Father, we are in need of your grace and your mercies. Father, we are in need of reconstruction. Lord, we need to be made over. Father, sometimes to rebuild, you have to break down. And sometimes, dear Lord, you can build on what is. Wherever we fit today, dear God, we're asking you to take control. Father, thank you, O oh God. Thank you. Thank you, O Lord. Thank you, Father, for not being far from us. Thank you for hearing us. Thank you, Lord, O God. In Jesus' blessed name we pray. Amen.